This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon and Aaron Vickers on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Okay, we are into our three. Sportsnet today. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, downtown studios in Calgary, Alberta. Vickers, Gordon, hosting. Cam Taylor producing. The fan feedback line open to you at 960-960. Questions, comments, concerns. If you want to know Cam's Wednesday night plans, feel free to ask. You might not get a reply, but you can certainly ask. I'm doing the Blue Jays game, buddy. I wasn't interested, but that's okay. He wasn't. Thanks for asking. He wasn't asking. No. Saying the text line could ask if they want to. They have their answer. Could. Not should or will. No. But could. You could ask why Cam's car is in the shop for the twentieth oh, time this week. Okay. If you See, want to. I even took the high road there because I was gonna reference whatever he was doing tonight. He'd be walking. Oh. But <laughs> I Fair. took I took the high road, which is a road that Cam can't take what, because his car doesn't work. I know what he won't be doing <sighs> after work, Aaron, and that's driving home in his car. Ooh. How long does it take on the bus, Cam? Uh tr- it's bus? like a twenty five minute sea train ride. Northwest. Nice. Nice to have your car back, Vickers, from the shop. Well, in all fairness, I did have a rental. I actually had three Ooh. rentals if you really want to get into it because yeah, one one flat tire, two, the infotainment stopped working. Three was the one that we ended up inevitably returning, but it was the worst of the trio. Text in your guesses at 960-960 as to what the rental car was <laughs> that I will never, ever purchase. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> So what happened? You said you got, you said somebody doesn't know how to work a yield. Well, what's funny is it was actually a traffic circle. Ah. The first vehicle blew the yield and almost hit us. The second vehicle followed the first one right into our passenger side rear fender. Everyone was okay though. Oh, it happened at like four kilometers an hour. That's the biggest pain. It's barely worth it. And then it's like. Well, well, you oh, need a you need a police sticker if it's over two thousand dollars to repair. I'm like, I don't know if this is fifty bucks or five grand. I think it's best just to assume it hit the over. I'm sure it did. Nothing cheap when it comes to cars, isn't that right, Cam? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> I should preface this by saying, if you're listening and you're not sure what we're talking about, Cam's been. And look, I do feel bad for you, but I just it's it's a struggle. It is just incredible that you've had this car for a couple months and the, the luck I have with purchasing vehicles, my my track record is not very good. But your taste um, is excellent. Thank you, okay. thank you. They say you it's know, okay. don't meet your heroes. Uh, the same thing applies to cars. Yeah, he said that to me the other day too, and it's still just the dumbest analogy. It's as meet dumb your heroes. As it was it's the best. Yeah, yeah, meet your heroes. They don't have to be your heroes after if they're. And it's also a car. Just let me down. Right? Are you a transformer? 
might be. <laughs> Optimist. Optimist I mean, in the shop all the time. Do you have a nickname for your car? No, I uh, I really That's should. the problem right Baby. there. I know. Kisses it goodnight. It won't respect you. <laughs> he washes it like three times a week. A day. Probably more. Yeah. He's been obsessive of this. Hey, listen. Yeah. And are... why, I have no idea. The mechanics owned it more than you have. <laughs> when you... When you're able to buy a car that you really like, one you've looked up towards since you were a kid, you put a little love into it. It got a little bit more love than my last like $800 station wagon beater. It's clearly not loving you back. No. Oh. It's an abusive relationship. Woo! Taylor from the top rope. Keeps asking for money and then leaving for a week. That was a blindside <laughs> okay, hit right there. Whoa, Cam's <laughs> getting a little bit. Jeez. Do you need to have a therapy session? I yet? might. I might. <laughs> This text says, so Cam must have an 80s Porsche. No. No. It's a little newer than that. Subaru. Which is worse. This one says, everybody make fun of Honda boys, especially the Soupy boys. There's only one smart group out of those two. I don't know what half of those words mean. I think the Soupy is supposed to be Soupy. If I had to guess. But can we reference the fact that... Matthew Kachuk? That is an amazing nickname for your vehicle. (laughs) That is really good. Hands down, that's a wrap. Uh, Matt and Cochran says, I had my Jeep for a couple of months before someone hit me. Also in a traffic circle, I yielded to the cars in the circle as you do, but someone behind was like, nah, we're going right into the back of me. Matt, I, f- oh, I feel for you, buddy. I feel for you. Especially you got me a Jeep and then you hooked me with traffic circle. See, and this guy, if this guy's right, <laughs> Cam's got a Subaru for sure. A hundred percent. Yeah. Right on the money. He's got all the stickers on the side. Got one sticker Spoiler. on the side. Is it? Never mind. Okay. He was inspired by the Fast and Furious movies. This is true. I, was, I love. I was Fast kidding about that, by the way. No, I love Fast and Furious. Those are some of my favorite movies growing up. Makes sense given the speeding tickets you've had. Zing. What's worse, the repair bill or the uh, fines you've received over the course of the last year? In a grand total, like in a running he hasn't total, had any, he hasn't had the car long enough to have any fines. In the, actually, no, I know he got does. I got one. This one. I got one nasty little. Speed trap, but uh, yeah, the mechanic bill has been a little higher. Speed trap, not a trap not when a trap they're highlighted in yellow. It's not a, it's also not a trap if you're not speaking. <laughs> <laughs> when there's it's a giant cra- sign advertising, crazy, man. But if you don't speed, it's not a trap at all. <laughs> you might not know that, but if you follow the rules of the road, yeah, really not a trap. <laughs> Right? Taylor's had the same vehicle for her entire life. She doesn't have to worry about it at all. Well, I mean, it's my parents that they gave to me. And it's like, it's a 2010 Toyota Venza. And that thing is still going strong. That will go forever. Nothing will not die. Like this, the only This texture thing? says boober. I think Cam and Taylor should have a race, but it won't be over a short distance. It'll be over a long one, and we'll see who can just get to the finish line. Oh, my God. It'll be Taylor. It's mine. It it won't be particularly close. I mean, the only time... It's never been in the shop for You just jinxed yourself. The thing is, like, if I need an oil change, my dad just does it. And although, like, any little thing my dad just does for me. So it doesn't need to go to the shop. I want to say something, but I'm not going to. Be careful. (laughs) 
Cam knows. Cam knows. Be so go. careful my with your words right now. My dad is a mechanic, right so he knows all of this. So I'm just gonna <laughs> leave what all of it. With it had nothing to do with Taylor. It was Cam. Cam kind of knew oh, what I was gonna no. say, but I wasn't going to. So whatever. If, if you want to say it, it's fine. No, I'm not going to. Right. I, Let the record state I haven't said anything for like four minutes, just for the record. Fine. You want to say something? No, I'm just excusing myself no, from this portion of the conversation. What do you want to say? You feel left out? No, I feel perfectly at home. We're going to talk about this in our group chat without you later. Go for it. Wait, yeah. which one? The the host the or one the producer? The producer one. Okay. I think they're cool with that. Yeah. Who made that? If it was, It's going to be Taylor. Yeah, I think Taylor made that one. Taylor? Our producer group chat? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's not... It was just to share content and other oh, fun yeah, things. Oh, yeah, okay. It's now just turned into a bunch of Gen Zs sharing memes. There's a, no work-related text happening. It's genuinely just memes. Do you believe that for a second, Aaron? Because I don't. Based on the show one, I 100% do. <laughs> Very true. This text says, go buy a Miata. I would. I totally Most would. Most practical and reliable car ever. If I could fit in one. For that's, four, for that's four months of the year. Yeah. I would, though. I would. A Miata. All-wheel drive what swap. What was the car Are that you, you had, Vickers, that... Which I had a Nissan Rogue, or have a Nissan Rogue. What's funny is I used to have a uh, Subaru WRX as well, same color even. Really? Mine never hit good the taste. shop. It's different motor. I blame the 20-year-old EJ motor they slap in those. A Mazda Miata. You don't know what a Miata is? No. Really? Oh, there's no way. I didn't know oh, for sure. This is, oh, yeah, I know for sure, bud. This is like the... You talk to people who like drive cars, like proper sports cars. Drive if you're cars. not spending a hundred grand, they're just like, just buy a Miata because it's like the best, the most fun you can have with like 160 horsepower. Yeah, except you have to drive a Mazda. Some of these from the 90s have some fun lights. Yeah, pop they got up the and down little... headlights. You know what? Just quietly underrated Pontiac Solstice. If we're talking Miatas, Pontiac Solstice. I like that when you Google Miata, one of the questions that comes up is says, how much is a 1989 Miata worth? I thought it was going to be, are you having a midlife a crisis? Very, <laughs> very specific year for a Miata. And apparently the answer is $6,300. They keep their value, man. Who could pass up a sale? Why is it called a Miata? I mean, are we getting existential here? It Introspective? Means, which apparently Miata means reward or prize. Oh, Cam, you're my Miata. Oh, okay. oh, that's sweet. All right, that's enough of that. We're getting to a stamps report with uh, Patty Dumas here. We're going to chat with Nick Lewis, Stampeders receivers coach, coming up in a bit. But uh, get you caught up on all things Stampeders. Here's Patty Dumas. This, this is the Stamps Report with Patrick Dumas. Stamps return to the practice field on Wednesday as preparations for the Ottawa Red Blacks begin. And it's been a while since we last spoke to Dave Dickinson in a football environment. How has the team come down following that walk-off victory in Saskatchewan? Well, we stayed over in Regina. That is a way of calming you down. So uh, it's, it was a nice win. Uh, what I really missed was we really didn't have a rundown with the players. Um, so you like to kind of put things to bed. You like to work, show them where we need to improve. You like to also show them their good plays and kind of get that momentum. But uh, with the way the schedule worked out and travel, it just didn't work out. So we tried to cover it today, and it does feel like a long time ago. we got to move forward and move on. 
And two names were missing from practice on Wednesday. Both had impacts in that game against the Riders. Luther Kunavanu and Tommy Lee Lewis both catching touchdowns, and both were on the sidelines. Here's what Coach Dickinson had to say about those two. We've got a, a couple things, but hopefully not too severe. I would hope both could practice either tomorrow or day three. So it doesn't seem like both will be long-term issues, but certainly something to monitor over the next couple days of practice. One guy who played a huge role in Saturday's proceedings was longtime kicker Rene Paredes. He went four for four, including that 50-yarder, to walk it off at Mosaic. Here's Coach Dickinson on what that kick meant to this group. Well, I mean, still a tough job. I've said this all the time that we probably, you know, yeah, it's automatic in our head, but that's a long kick, and I want to give him his due. And if he misses, he misses. I mean, our guys recover him with great urgency, and yeah, I think we're just trying to do play football the right way. Um, we're happy, though, that we were able to overcome such a back-breaking play uh, 42 seconds earlier. I know Renee's kick really meant a lot to give everybody just that chance to breathe because uh, that certainly would have been a backbreaker to lose that game. It felt like a giant weight was lifted off of the team's shoulders. Obviously, Renee put them into overtime a few weeks back against the Riders. Couldn't get the win. But now, this following week with his 10th career game-winning kick to end the game. Some more career-defining history, possibly on the horizon for Renee. 2,000 points. Here's Renee on that mark. I'm, I'm still doing my job. I, I got to worry about the next yeah. kick, right? So um, I'm not worried about anything else. I'll celebrate those things uh, hopefully after a win or when I retire and sit down and chill. So, yeah, not uh, typical work fashion for Renee Paredes. All about making that kick. Potentially some history at McMahon this Sunday when the team finally returns after their stampede road trip. Sunday's game is also family day, so be sure to get down to McMahon Stadium early. The fun starts at 3 p.m. on the South Practice Field. Gridiron Gardens is what they've named it. There will be autographs. Ralph the Dog will be there. They'll be cooking up some barbecue as well. And if you're one of the first 2,000 fans down there, you'll receive a limited edition stamps poster featuring the club's linebacking core. That's this Sunday, 3 p.m., two hours before kickoff. The Stamps will hold their closed practice tomorrow before final preps go on Friday and Saturday. With your Stampeders report, I'm Patrick Dumont. Thank you, Patty. Appreciate that. We'll continue the Stamps conversation around the corner when we talk with Nick Lewis, Stampeders receivers coach and legendary player here in the city of Calgary. Uh, before we do that, though, let's check in with the Toronto Blue Jays. You'll hear them on your radios tonight. They're continuing their series against the San Diego Padres after a rough outing to start the series. The latest on the Jays. Here's Taylor Dingman. Time now for the Jays Report on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Here's Taylor Dingman. You know, overall, I think it kind of looked worse than it really was. It was a frustrating game for the Toronto Blue Jays as they started their series against the San Diego Padres. In the top of the first inning, the Blue Jays found themselves facing a tough situation with Juan Soto at the plate. The home plate umpire missed a crucial strike three call, giving Soto new life, and he took advantage of it crushing a two-run homer. It definitely wasn't the start Alec Manoa and the Blue Jays were hoping for, as Manoa ended up throwing 41 pitches in the opening inning. In the bottom of the first, the Jays fought back. Matt Chapman delivered a clutch single, allowing George Springer to cross home plate and cut the Padres' lead in half. Moving on to the top of the second inning, it seemed like the missed strike calls kept piling up against Alec Manoa, and things escalated quickly as pitching coach Pete Walker got ejected in the middle of a mound visit. I don't think anything Pete said would have got you kicked out of a 10-year-old travel ball park. But it is what it is. I don't know what he said before. I just know that you know, he was talking to me, and 
you know, I just said, you know, there was a couple calls that didn't go our way, but, you know, don't worry about it. Just keep pitching. I'll handle everything else. And uh, next thing you know, he was tossed. So, you know, not trying to point fingers or anything, but I've, from what I saw, I've, I definitely don't think it was enough. Despite that, Alec Manoa kept the Padres' bats at bay with no runs scored by either team. However, it didn't last long as the top of the Padres' order struck again in the third with Fernando Tatis Jr. doubling, and Soto followed up with his own double, bringing Tatis Jr. home and extending the Padres' lead. It didn't end there. Jake Cronworth stepped up and hit a sacrifice fly, allowing Soto to tag and score. Manoa continued to battle in the fourth inning, struggling to find the strike zone. He eventually was pulled from the game after giving up a walk and a force out, leaving a stat line of three innings pitched with 92 pitches. Nate Pearson stepped in as relief and closed out the inning, getting the next three batters. The Padres offense kept the pressure on in the top of the fifth. Manny Machado and Gary Sanchez blasted home runs, extending the San Diego's lead 6-1. to one. Jay Jackson entered the game in the sixth for the Blue Jays and delivered an exceptional performance. He pitched two consecutive innings with three up, three down, including a strikeout. His efforts provided a much-needed boost to the Toronto bullpen. In the bottom of the seventh, the Blue Jays tried to spark a late comeback. Dalton Varsho's bunt single ejected some life into the offense, but unfortunately, George Springer hit into a double play, stifling their momentum. The Padres weren't finished yet in the top of the eighth. Mitch White was brought into the game to face the bottom of the Padres lineup, but Trent Grisham belted a solo shot, extending San Diego's lead to 7-1. and one. The Blue Jays pitching staff continued to struggle with missed strike calls, adding to their frustration. The Padres didn't let up in the final inning. Juan Soto drew a walk. Manny Machado followed with a single. Xander Bogart's sacrifice fly brought home Soto, and Jake Cronworth's double scored Machado. Gary Sanchez then added a sack fly, giving the Padres a commanding 9-1 lead. It was a tough night for the Blue Jays as they suffered their seventh loss in 21 games. But now let's shift our focus to tomorrow's game. The Blue Jays will look to bounce back as they send Jose Barrios to the mound. Barrios boasts an 8-6 record this season with a 3.41 ERA. In his previous matchups against the Padres, well, with the Twins, Barrios allowed only one run on two hits over seven innings. The Padres will counter with Yu Darvish, who has faced the Blue Jays eight times in the career while he was with the Texas Rangers. Darvish holds a solid 2.62 ERA against the Toronto Blue Jays. However, he's had a more challenging season currently sitting at 6-6 six and six with a 4.65 ERA. First pitch is set for 5.07 p.m. and you can catch all the action right here on Sportsnet 960. Catch the Blue Jays all season long right here on Calgary's home of the Blue Jays, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Thank you, Taylor. Yes, Jays and Padres coming up on your radio a little bit later on tonight. we got to take a break when we come back on the other side. Nick Lewis joins the program. Your Stampeders receiver coach closes out Hour 3 right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon and Aaron Vickers on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, welcome back to the program. Closing out Hour 3. Logan Gordon, Aaron Vickers along with you. Calgary Stampeders back in action on Sunday at McMahon Stadium. We're going to get back to the 500 mark as they welcome in the Ottawa Red Blacks. Coming off a nice performance in Saskatchewan against the Rough Riders. Always good to go in and pick up a win in Saskatchewan. Dramatic fashion. Rene Paredes continues 
to uh, make the argument as to why he's one of the greatest of all time. And uh, for us, a good time to go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Check in with one of our favorites. He's definitely one of the favorites in the city. Welcome in Stampeders legend and receivers coach Nick Lewis this afternoon. Nick, thanks for the time, man. How are you? I'm good, brother. How you doing? We're doing great, man. Uh, talk to us about uh, sa- Saturday for your group, I guess it was. Always good to to walk into Mosaic and pick up a W, eh? Yeah, a little stressful, but uh, put down for a good game. And uh, anytime you can get a win in this league, it's it's big. So uh, I was able. I was glad we were able to pull it out. Did it feel like the offense was more like what you guys expected from the beginning of the season in that game? That was more what you guys want to be as a team? Of course. I mean, you know, when you really look at the realistics of, of what we're building here, um, you know, we have a lot of players that don't have a lot of experience. And, you know, Jake's only had about fourteen or 13 or 14 starts in his career. So we look for him to continue to get better every week and, um, you know, times we're starting two or three rookies at receiver. So being able to get guys on the same page and be able to go out and make enough plays to win the game, um, you know, the guys did that. And, you know, we're we're very happy with the progress we're making and looking forward to continue to build and, and improve every week. A couple of those uh, receivers in your group, some veterans who stepped up big on Saturday. I wanted to ask you specifically about Reggie Bagleton, just his ability, man, to, to get open and, find those yards after the catch. It just seems so important when you're looking for a big play. It feels like Jake can go to, to Reggie whenever he needs that. Oh, hundred percent. You know, Reggie's done a great job of, you know, running, not only get open for himself, but helping so many other young guys and, and just being a great leader uh, for our group. But um, he's, he's done an amazing job this year. And, you know, even missing the one game, he's right there at the top of the league. And, uh, he doesn't have the same amount of catches that a lot of them have, but he's got, you know, up there in yards. So uh, just looking for him to continue to build as well. And uh, it's, it's fun working with Reggie. I wanted to ask you about two guys in your group who are sort of newer to the group this year, but definitely come with some pretty special experience. Talk to me about bringing Mark and Michelle back into the fold. You talked about dealing with those injuries earlier in the year, and Dave sort of surprises us all and brings back a fan favorite from the Calgary Stampeders. He's been off in the NFL, but Nick, he looks pretty darn good to me coming back in those Calgary colors. What have you seen from Markin? I've seen a lot of great things. You know, um, he continues to improve uh, on a daily basis and, and a weekly basis, you know, just getting back used to the CFL. His last game in, in uh, Canada was 2018. So to be gone for that long and to be down in the NFL and now to come back, uh, getting used to the motion, getting used to the waggles, uh, getting used to the, the field size and everything else again. And um, he's another guy that's come on. He's He's been a great leader as well. And, and just bringing experience to the group. So uh, somebody we can trust and count on to go out and make plays and, and execute at a high level consistently. Does he still have that game-breaking speed that he had when he was a first member of the Calgary Stampeders? Yeah, yeah. You know, he's still the same guy. And, you know, that's what we're looking for. Um, a lot of this is, is being able to get guys to to the positions for them to be successful, right? And as mm-hmm. a coach, that's what you want to do is put your guys in a position to be successful. And um, and that's what we're doing. It's just so many moving parts and, you know, different lineups each week and, and different players in this week that's not in last week. Uh, it's a constant uh, merry-go-round right now. But uh, hopefully we find some continuity and it can continue to get done what we need to get do, uh, get done, and that's win games. 
Uh, this next guy I want to ask you about, new to your group but not new to football, I think Tommy Lee Lewis has been on the Stamps negotiation list going back to when you were in the red and white, Nick. Uh, pretty easy to see why Dave Dickinson and John Huffnagel targeted this guy. He sure seems like a special talent, man. He is. You know, um, we, we've had a sample size of, of Tommy Lee, but, you know, you can see it. When, when, as soon as he stepped on the field, you can see the talents there. You can see his explosiveness and exciting. Uh, the way he plays football is very electric, and he gives you that added element that um, very few people can do. And, you know, um, another guy that's getting used to the game but brings uh, supreme confidence in his abilities, and I just enjoy uh, having him around and, and being able to go out there and just let and watch him work. And I think a lot of people, when they when look at Tommy and they, they see the speed and they see the return abilities, I think sometimes guys get – it's sort of pigeonholed in that returner role, but he caught the touchdown in Sask, and I don't know about you, Nick, but I certainly see him as more than a returner. He seems like he can be a guy in a in a CFL offense that you can do a lot of different things with. Yeah, you know, and it's always a it's always a thin line uh, to be the primary returner and a receiver because of the the amount that you run at receiver here in the CFL. Um, play a majority of the plays because we don't have the depth on the rosters. To really be able to change in and out at the the same way they do in other leagues, but um, having him to be a part, yes, we want to find ways on the offense that he can be a bigger part of the offense. Uh, but we we feel that he also brings such an added element to the return game that you know anytime that we can get the ball in his hands, we feel like he can make a play. So uh, that's what we're looking forward to doing and and being able to to do that. And you don't want to take away from him where he's not being able to be valuable in offense or special teams. So uh, finding that balance is going to be key. And you got to remember, he just played in his first game. Yeah. Right. So uh, we'll continue to grow and continue to understand how to best use him and, and see what the defense is doing as well. See if there's any, any advantages of having him on the field. Uh, I definitely want to make some time to ask you, Nick, about uh, Malik Henry. And it's been a couple of weeks now since he went down with injury and uh, that's just such a tough loss. Malik just seemed like he was ready to explode onto the, the scene next year. Just talk about how hard it is for a, a group like yours to lose a guy like Malik, but I'm sure on the other end of it, you know that's a guy that's going to work his tail off to come back better than ever. I mean, yeah, we, we've dealt with some injuries. You know, Reggie missed the game this year. Malik goes down. Uh, Kadeem Carey's been down uh, since the first game. Uh, Dalen Philpott hadn't even suited up this year. Uh, so we've we've got a lot of uh, like a lot of all stars yeah. that's not uh, suited up right now. But you know that's one of the the funnest people to be around. Man, Malik is exciting. Um, I always tell him like he's it's like he's running on pillows because his feet feel like they never hit the ground. I, I was like I don't know how you tore your Achilles when your feet don't touch <laughs> the ground because you just glide across. Because for me it's like I get to implement some of the things that I was able to do well, but also just from a mental standpoint of how to play this game. Um, but, and I get to use it. It's almost like building a robot. And I have all these young receivers with different skill sets and different talents that I get to pour into and then watch it flourish into something uh, that might not have happened without me being a part of it. So I, I just think that that's the, the cool part for me. And um, working with Malik for as long as I did, I, I definitely enjoyed it because he, he has a rare skill and a, and a rare talent. And, um, you know, I just hope he heals, heals well and is ready to go next year. 
even with Malik, you mentioned there's still a, a great number of, of really talented young receivers in that receiver room for me. Talk to me, Nick, about you know some of the progression you've seen in some of the young guys just from from training camp when they first became members of the Stampeders to now for guys like Clark Barnes or, or Cole Tucker, these young guys stepping into some pretty big roles because of the injury. How have you seen their progression in the last couple of weeks? It's been great. It's been great. You know, um, Clark's been able to start for us for uh, pretty much since day one. He, he had a great training camp, um, showed some great explosion, been able to do some things. Um, and, you know, I just think the sky's the limit for him. And, you know, just looking, you know, I always look forward to seeing him on a daily basis and, and just seeing him and how he's going to improve or how he's going to get better each week. Um, Cole Tucker has been, has been amazing. Uh, he's come in. He's learning the offense. He's doing everything that he can. Um, you know, we, we're we young, but we do have a great receiving room. And, you know, we have so many guys like Ryzen John and, and, and Colton Honchak and, and different people that we're trying to figure out ways to get people involved and to get them on the field and to make sure that we're being as explosive as we can be as an offense. And we go in each week, like, I don't know who's going to suit up this week. But, you know, those seven that do, uh, we know that you're going to be prepared and we're going to play and give ourselves a chance to win the game. Uh, Nick Lewis is along with us. Don't need to uh, you know, familiarize the name with anybody listening. He's a Stampeders legend. He's the wide receivers coach uh, of the group this year. And Nick, I-, I wanted to ask from your perspective as a former player and-, and now as a coach, I know Jake took a lot of heat early on in the year for the offense not being up to the level that people expected, but I think there was a lot going on with you mentioned those injuries, the guys coming in and out, some of those guys being young guys. Those are all difficult factors for a young quarterback to deal with. And I imagine from a, a player's perspective, you have a unique view of, of how that would have affected Jake early on in those first few weeks of the season. Hey, Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, when, whenever you're a quarterback, you look for continuity uh, for the most part, if you're, you, you always think like, if I can put veterans around a young quarterback, it takes a little bit off their plate because he can have consistency in what he's seeing and what they're seeing. Uh, when you have new guys, they're seeing defenses for the first time. They're seeing things move at a different speed. Not only were some of the guys new to the CFL, but you take a guy like Cole Tucker, who's never played Canadian rules football. Uh, Rising John, who's even though he grew up in Vancouver, high school, he played American rules, college, he played American rules, been in the NFL for the last three or four years. So, never played Canadian rules football. So a lot of it is seeing something totally different, experiencing something totally different. And there's things that don't always gel because as a receiver, I might see something that you see totally different. Um, But those are the growing pains that you have early. And, uh, you know, we just look to keep improving. And I I believe that we've done that week after week after week. Um, we've, We've shown some inconsistencies, but, that's what you always get when you have young players. But at the same time, we believe that we're building it the right way. We have enough guys in the room that, that have the talent to get there and they're smart enough to get there. And Jake's a good enough quarterback to get us to the top. And it seems like just in, in talking to Jake and hearing from him in this season that there's a, a real strong level of communication between him and the wide receivers. And that's that's so important, Nick, for them to be on the same page and have that level of communication. And it sounds like it's something that Jake understands is very important to his success as well. Oh, 100%. Jake's been amazing with the guys, you know, being able to communicate on the sidelines. Uh, he can also communicate with me, and uh, and I communicate with Jake to see what he's seeing, what how we can better 
make use of our drives and how we can improve not only week to week, but during the game and as the game progresses and, and make sure that we have great communication lines. Uh, because at the end of the day, we all want the same result. If you're a Calgary State Peter fan, if you're a coach, if you're a player, if you're in a staff, we all want the same result. We, we, we do everything we can for the result to win. Um, so we just got to put ourselves in position to do that. And, you know, I believe we'll win enough this year that uh, everybody would be happy. Uh, Nick, before we let you go, just a couple more quick ones. I know it's not uh, a receiver in your room, but you, you do so much with the offense. I got to ask you, who does Dedrick Mills remind you of as a running back? Because when that guy gets the ball, the guy on the other side better be prepared. That guy runs as hard as anyone I've seen in the CFL. You've been around a long time. You've seen some great running backs. Who does Dedrick Mills remind you of, Nick? I mean, I've set it up with three of the greatest running backs to play in the CFL and Joffrey Reynolds, uh, John Cornish, and yep. uh, Tyrell Sutton. And I'll tell you, when I played with Tyrell Sutton in Montreal, he would punish people. <laughs> and Dedrick Mills is a very similar running back to Tyrell Sutton. Uh, just a punisher, and you never know. Like, people don't get up sometimes. Yeah. Like, he is delivering shots out there, uh, but he's having fun. He's playing a tough brand of football, and it's fun to see that and guys that go out there and that can play with that edge and, and understand that they can meet any physicality and they can go out there. But also, he, he, he can outrun people, too. Right, so it's not like he's just some guy that's just going to come and try to run people over. Yeah, he's actually breaking tackles and taking off on people and had some great runs this year. So, um, no man, shout out to Dedrick, man. He he does an amazing job. But if you ever go back and YouTube Tyrell Sutton, <laughs> even even when he was at the Panthers and the Carolina Panthers, or at Northwestern, yeah, this dude is and was an animal even in Montreal. I have to check out. Some he's the running back coach for Montreal. I yeah. now too. So. That's my guy. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, Nick, before we let you go, you haven't won at home. That's not something uh, the Calgary Stampeders are used to. How big is it for your group uh, on Sunday when Ottawa comes in here to get that first W at McMahon? You know, it's a, it's always big to win at home. You always want to represent home. You always want to protect your house. Um, but more importantly, you know, for us as a, as a team to get back to three and three uh, through the first third of the season and understanding what we've been through and, and how it's allowed us to gel together and, and to propel us forward for the last 12 games of the season. This is a big game for us, and, and we're approaching it as this is one of the biggest games of the year. Like, you know, uh, we set our own standard, and we expect to play to our standard and, and go out there and do what we need to do to get the W. And, you know, we want the fans to come out. And if you come out early, check out the uh, the nation tailgate party. You know what I'm saying? Go. It's yeah. on the west side. Make sure you check out the nation tailgate party. Uh, my dad's going to be in town. Nice. And, and everybody, so we're gonna. Ha it's gonna be a lot of fun, man. Come out to the band, support us. Um, I understand the frustration sometimes because everybody knows how much we've won here in the past. Yeah. But just understand where we are uh, with everything. But we are full go, and we are ready to go. So uh, it's gonna be some exciting plays on on Sunday. Uh, so come out and support us. Looks great. Uh, looks like the weather's gonna be great. Uh, should be a great matchup on Sunday. Nick, appreciate you. Appreciate the time, man. As always, you're always so kind with us here. Thanks for your perspective today, man, and best of luck on Sunday. I appreciate it. Take yeah, care. Have a great one. Thank you. Nick Lewis joining us down the Atlas Beach and Sports Bar guest hotline. He's the wide receivers coach of the Calgary Stampeders. He's a legend, and that's why there's a Nick Lewis Nation tailgate yep. happening at McMahon Stadium every weekend. I remember when he came back with Montreal 
uh, the first time Nick Lewis Nation was out in the corner of the end zone. They had their shirts. They had the the banners and everything because that guy was was all Calgary. You want to talk about punishing people? Nick Lewis punished <laughs> people as a wide receiver. I remember at least two or three instances. Not only just you know the the getting the ball in space and trucking guys, but Nick Lewis used to put DNs on their ass with that that little extra motion right up to the line. Right, you'd think okay, he's just going to go run a route. He takes a quick step in. And catches a D lineman looking right into a, an offensive lineman, and he would just Uh-oh. <laughs> pop him. It was the greatest. Nick Lewis was part of the greatest wide receiver show with Kenyon Rambo and Jermaine Copeland, and man, they were just the guys that I, I admired so much watching for the Calgary Stampeders. And I'm I'm so glad that him and Juwan Simpson are back, part of the organization. And hey, I love that message from him, man. He knows what winning is here for the Calgary Stampeders, and knows that. Two and three is not a great place to be, but it's still early and they're working on things and they looked a lot better against Saskatchewan than they had all season long. And there's a guy that you know is going to work his tail off with that group. And uh, I thought it was good to have Nick on. And, you know, they got so much going on with the receivers and the offense. It's perfect to check in with that. But there's a guy that, that gets it and fans can relate to and go, okay, Nick says everything's all right. We're going to get there. I, I feel a little bit better about my group. Well, yeah, and you heard him reference the the home record there. He spent a decade at McMahon doing plenty of winning with the Calgary Stampeders and still, as you mentioned, still looking for that first home win. But what better time to do it? Sunday. Uh, and speaking, it yeah, speaking of Sunday, uh, they will have, I believe it's family day uh, on Sunday at McMahon Stadium. So make sure that you uh, head out there. They're going to have plenty of family-themed events for the little ones, and it's a Sunday Five o'clock, so it's not too late. The weather looks like it's going to be incredible at McMahon Stadium on Sunday. So make sure you get on uh, to McMahon Stadium, support the Calgary Stampeders. They're going to be back on home field for Sunday's matchup before they head out once again on the road. But a uh, chance to get some of those summer matchups in before the weather starts to turn, as it always does, uh, Mr. Vickers, on CFL football. And you don't want to miss the games that are 25 and 30 degrees out of McMahon because. As someone that's been out in the cold, I can tell you it uh, it changes quite a bit once you get to October and September on the schedule. Yeah, I'm I'm well aware of the uh, <laughs> snowstorms that I've been a part of up in the stands at McMahon. It's not you, man. Going is it's supposed to be plus twenty eight on Sunday. Check it out. Not that's t shirt, shorts, cold beverage, beats, boots, warmers, <laughs> mittens, scarf, toque. Yeah, I mean, go then as well. Don't yeah, get me wrong. For sure. Different experience. But if you want the full July Calgary Stampeders experience, no better than Sunday, 28 degrees. And Not like, a hint of a cloud. And like Nick said, Nation, Nicholas Nation's going to be out there tailgating, go see them. John Bender will be there. Bender's at all the games. I was going to say. He's not hard to find. There's a Stamps fan out there you want to go hang out with. Hang out with Bender. He's going to be out there. So go have some fun. Should be great. Thank you to uh, Jean on the Calgary Stampeders and Nick Lewis for uh, helping us out there. I uh, really appreciate them hopping on with us today. We are closing things out in the hour. It's the Sports Drive, and it's brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Ask how a restricted key system can keep your business safe, even through employee turnover. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. Uh, Aaron, I won't see you tomorrow. No. We have a bit of a schedule. Are we breaking up? No. I just need Hiatus? some space. Oh. It's not you, it's me. No, it's, or, just it's some, no, it's 100% you. It's you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like we just need some space for a day and then we'll get back on it for a Friday. 
Uh, I got to fill in on the mornings tomorrow. Um, apparently, George and Matt can't coordinate their vacation times properly. Oh, it's tough because there's two of them, right? Yeah. So you have to yeah. talk to the other one. Yeah, you and then... Okay, so you're back. You're back Friday, so I shouldn't leave until Friday. I'm going to leave Thursday. No, okay, so that doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't work out. It's very hard to schedule things around here. You know, George is from Ontario, so it's if you haven't heard, it's it's pretty hard to to do basic math and those sort of things. I'm kidding. Kind of. I mean they used to go to grade thirteen. Yep. There's a reason for that. Uh so your, gonna, your words, not mine. <laughs> uh oh, so we're gonna hop on the mornings tomorrow. I'll be up with uh with Dumont, GVP, and you get to ride solo for two hours, but... Kind of. Like, I'm kind of cheating a little bit. A like, little bit. I don't want to spoil anything, but maybe I'll set the anticipation. Because You've got I'm some gonna, pretty good people I've got, coming I've got in. some heavy hitters lining up here. We're going to have a... I mean, I don't mean to say this because you're not going to be there, but we're going to have a great time without you. That's fair. A lot of people say that. I got Cam and Taylor, too. I mean... Uh, that's true. If Cam makes it into work. <laughs> yeah. You never know what the bus is, hey, Cam? AC trains a little bit more reliable than um, <laughs> what I'm driving these days. We call that synergy in full circle. <laughs> Those are big uh, words. Yeah, looking forward. You got a great show booked tomorrow. So uh, Aaron will take you after the Blue Jays game tomorrow. So stay uh, stay locked on Sportsnet 960. One of your guests, not not the greatest. He's, I don't know, a bit full of himself. I, I don't even know if I want to say it no, just in case he doesn't make it somehow. I don't want to put that kind of faith in him. He'll he be is fine. He, he is one of my favorite people that I've ever sat in the chair to your left that I've been here for. I can't believe that that's true. I, he also might have just been the only one. Oh, okay. Well, that makes more but sense. But he still is the favorite. Yeah, fair enough. I called uh, him a celebrity the other day. That's a bit of a stretch. Pat Steinberg took offense. Yeah, I would too if I was Pat. That's. I feel like, I feel like that's enough clues. That's, yeah, you, if you don't know who we're talking about by now, you haven't listened to the station for a long time. But he's going to join Aaron tomorrow. Uh, once they get into uh, the program, it'll follow the midday game, Jays and Padres. I'll be on the mornings uh, with it's the big show with Rustic and Rose, and there'll be no Rustic and there'll be no Rose. Uh, so gladly tune in if you're driving in tomorrow, if you're checking out the podcast. Uh, Mr. Vickers, thank you for a great show again today, sir. Have a great one tomorrow. You got a great lineup of guests, so have fun without me. I'll miss you. I'll miss you even more. Uh, I believe that's true. Uh, Cam and Taylor are outstanding producers this afternoon. Thank you for their great work. Uh, thank you to Ufe Bowden. Thank you to Nick Lewis, Haley Salvian, all of our guests for joining us down the Atlas Beach and Sports Bar guest hotline. Thank you for listening, whether live or on the podcast. I'm going to get to it. Thank you, Cam. Uh, this is the Sports Drive. It's brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Ask how a restricted key system can keep your business safe, even through employee turnover. Visit them at Calgary Lock and Safe. We got Blue Jays pregame coming your way next. Jays Padres on your radio tonight and then tomorrow afternoon. We'll talk to you. uh, Me and Aaron will talk to you again on Friday together when we're back for another edition of Sportsnet Today here on Sportsnet 960. The Fan.